Okay. Jim, with the, the roughing the passer penalty around the league has been a bit controversial. How, how have you guys practiced that, addressed that at all to kind of avoid, you know, the 15-yard flags that seem to be kind of coming whenever, you know, a guy lays a hand on a quarterback? Yeah, you know, it's a difficult thing. Um, first, you got, you know, strike zone where you can hit him. You can't hit him in the head and neck area, and you can't hit him in the knee um, area. So you have a fairly short, um, you know, target area right there. You saw one last night where, you know, a guy's trying to bat a pass and just hits a guy in the head. You know, I mean, you just got to stay away from stuff like that. It, it's difficult. But I, I think what you're referring to is the whole new layer of landing on a guy with your weight. You know, and, it, and again, you talk about a difficult thing. You got guys that are fighting 300-pound offensive linemen trying to get to the quarterback. Not sure if the quarterback's going to get rid of the ball. I'm not sure if he's not. We have a, um, you know, an increase of scrambling quarterbacks, strong scrambling quarterbacks that we've seen them get out of our grasp before, and you got to tackle them. But then you have to tackle them, make sure that you don't land your weight on. It's the only player that we have that um, for, you know, and that's it's not our job to make the rules. It's our job to try to figure out a way to play around them. I don't know if it, it can always be done. I think it's just, you know, you can you can work to do it. You can try to spin out of your tackle. Um, you know, you can try to keep your weight from landing on a quarterback. Um, not always going to be possible. And that's just um, sort of life as a defensive lineman. Just like you're trying to block a pass and your hand goes down and you and – you, you know, scrape the quarterback's helmet. You're not trying to do that. You know, nobody's trying to do those things, and they're just trying to increase um, protection for the quarterback. But I think the the double side of that is as they're trying to increase protection for the quarterback, we're seeing more mobile quarterbacks, which makes it even more difficult because you have to tackle them like running backs. You know, it's not like tackling statue back there, which you might be able to. You might be able to. Um, you know, to control the action a little bit more. These guys are mobile, they're fast, they're strong, and um, they're becoming more like running backs. That's what makes it so difficult. Because if it stays status quo, you can see it costing a team an important game down the road, possible playoff positioning, anything like that. Well, yeah, I'd like to revamp a lot of rules. Um, uh, defensive pass interference, illegal contact, uh, illegal use of the hands, um, you know, I mean, all of those. Look, it's not, it's not our job to officiate. It's not our job to write the rule book. It's our job to play within those, and it's to play to the standard that the officials put out there. And, hey, it, it's not it's not easy covering world-class Olympic speed down the field. It's not easy taking on, you know, 650-pound um, guys on um, on a double team. This this whole game is built on things that are difficult. That just happens to be one of them. You've spoken about red zone many times before up here. During the week, what do you do – to work on it, to emphasize it, both in practice and in the meeting rooms? Uh, it's just part of what we do. Um, really no different than any other team that I've been a part of. Um, obviously, it's they're, they're big plays in the game. I always I always say, you know, I only care about a win, and then after, after we get the win, it's points allowed. And then the things that affect points allowed, like third down percentage and red zone. And, um, you know, you get a red zone stop, it's potentially a four-point play for the defense. You know, if they missed a field goal, it's a seven-point play. You get a third down stop, you're stopping, um, you're stopping drives, getting the ball back for your offense. I thought both of those, it wasn't just red zone, third down also. The Colts came in as the number one third down team in the league. I mean, small sample size, two games. 
but um, that was a big matchup, and you know, hold them two for twelve, and um, you know, they did they have very little production even in those those two plays that they did make, and I don't think they had one conversion in the second half. So uh, I think that had as much to do with um, keeping the score down and keeping us in as the third down. I mean, as the red zone stop still. You've always had better uh, defense in the second half than the first since you've been here. Um, is that something you've looked at? Um, am I reading too deeply into it, or do you think there's something there? I mean, you know, we and I, I fielded a question I can't remember here somewhere else about halftime adjustments and. You know, it makes a nice story, but there's really no such thing as halftime adjustments in the NFL. I mean, as much as you guys would like to write about it, there's you're adjusting after every series. You know, I mean, after every series, you're you're updating your 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 checks, you're you know putting fires out, you're trying to get ready for the next series. So I don't think it's um, it's that. I just think it's the way we we have a resilient bunch of guys. We have a, a smart bunch of players that when you put something in front of them, they very rarely make a mistake a second time. So I think that that probably plays more into it than any adjustment or anything else. Yeah, I understand that uh, Rodney McLeod was in the walkthrough today. Do you have any feel for whether he'll be available Sunday? Yeah, um, I, I'll, I'll leave the injury report to Doug. Um, if he's available, you know, we'll have him out there. If he's not, we'll have a plan B. I mean, but you know, that just doesn't go for Rodney. That's you know, that's sort of that's sort of everybody. You know, we'll we'll have a plan for everybody if they can't play. Adjustment is playing a quarterback like Mariota, who can take off with the skills of a running back or a receiver. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to first question. Um, you know, these guys, you have to treat them like running backs, and and Mariota is that way. He's um, he's probably the fastest quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, he's got a lot of experience running those things. It's not just zone read and, you know, sort of design runs. He's a really efficient bootleg quarterback. Um, you get him on the move, and he can really stretch your defense with his speed. He's not easing into his boots. He's he's running. looks like a 40-yard dash. He's running so fast. Um, yeah, it makes you play clean across the board. You can't concentrate on one thing. You have to... You have to not only cover receivers, but you also have to be, um, you know, disciplined in pass rush, and be able to clean up pass rush if he does escape, and then it adds a new layer to the run game. It's certainly a challenge. Um, you were, we're seeing. I mean, it, those guys used to be unique. You'd see them once or twice a year. Now it seems like every other game you're seeing a quarterback like that. Back to the red zone success. A lot of the guys talked about they were comfortable in those types of situations because you put them there in practice. As a coach, how much has that changed over the years? Do you have to maximize your time, go back to 2011 when you had more practice time? How, how is that different? Well, I mean, first of all, we certainly don't want them being uncomfortable in the field. You know, I mean, I think if we had schemes that made them uncomfortable, that would be bad coaching. But um, – I don't. I don't. I really don't feel like the time difference has made a big, uh, a big change, particularly during the season. You know, it's it's one thing off season and getting ready. Most of the off season stuff is technique and conditioning and um, you know weightlifting and like I said, technique and stuff like that. Game plan isn't in the off season. Um, you know, that's during the season, and there hasn't been any restraints on the hours that we can work uh, now. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it just goes into our players put a lot of time into um, preparation. Um, you know, we're pretty consistent in our scheme. They know exactly what to do, and that breeds confidence. Plus, we have competent players. 
um, you know, a good a good solid scheme doesn't always work if you don't have guys that can um, that can execute their job within the scheme, and we have guys that can execute their job in the scheme. And I just like our temperament, you know, that way. Nobody panics when when the ball gets down, and I'm, you know, have a lot of confidence in the players when the ball gets in that situation. Not that I was feeling great when it was fourth and goal from the three or four, but. You know, we stuck with it, and we uh, we got the stops we needed. Did John Mills have done anything differently on the pass interference calls? On the, on the, well, the second one, I think, is pass interference all day. He hooks the guy, you know. I mean, and, and that that's one of those, um, you know. I mean, I, I think Hilton, was, T.Y. was a guy that obviously was a big playmaker. And coming off the week we had the year before, the, the week we had the week before with all the big plays and things like that, was certainly on our radar trying to take those away. Um, the first one, um, he does a good job of finding the ball, does a good job of playing the ball. He's just got that contact, that hand. I think if, if you're going to sort of coach him on that, just try to get that hand off of it, I think he's more just feeling the guy. But the official didn't feel that way, and the official's the only thing that matters. Um, you know, that was, that was really the only play in that, in that time that they made, and that sort of got them back in the game. But overall, I thought Jalen had a really good bounce-back game. He tackled really well. He he battled. He played, he made a couple plays in the red zone that um, that saved our butt a couple times. Tight end seven route and um, played with great technique. I thought that was the biggest difference this week as opposed to last. Really played with good technique. Played with a lot of confidence. And um, you know I thought he was he was back on track. Jim, what's the advantage? A lot of teams over the last couple of years that have really stayed committed to the run, uh, mainly because you've been so good against it, but. Tennessee's different. I mean, they're probably going to run it 25, 30 times a game regardless. You looking forward to a kind of game like that that, that, that challenges you in an area that, that this defense hasn't been challenged in? Yeah, it's really funny. You say, man, they're really committed to it. They're going to run it 25 or 30 times. You know, you think you think how that's been edged down over the years. You know, you used to be committed to the run. You're running it 45 times and then 40 and then 35. And now we're – and now we might get 25 runs in this game. That's uh, – that's just the way the just way the league's gone. Um, I don't know. I mean, whatever the opponent does, we're going to have to stop. And you don't get any extra points for running the ball. You don't get any extra points for passing the ball. They're all the yards count the same, and I'll, I'll include penalties in there too. Um, you know, they don't they don't discount them because uh, it's five yards as a run or five yards because of a illegal use of the hands on defense. So our goal is to get opponents stopped. However, we do it, we do it. Um, they are committed to the run. They've invested a lot of um, resources in it. They drafted a couple offensive linemen, offensive tackles. I think one of them was the eighth pick of the draft, and one of them was like the eleventh. Um, they got a veteran offensive line. Um, you know, they have you know Heisman Trophy running back. They had probably their premier free agent pick this year again, Dion Lewis. I um, mean, they have a running quarterback. So obviously, it's it's what they want to do, and they're committed to it. So. Uh, it's our job to combat that. A lot, of, a lot is being made of Fletcher Cox playing a lot of snaps, but how have the defensive tackles outside of him played so far this season? Yeah, you know, I will say this about his snaps. Um, his percentages are way up this year. We're not playing a ton of snaps on defense. You know, I mean, we had 60 basically the last couple games. So even if the percentage is up, his snap, his snap counts up, but it's not so drastic. Plus this last game – with that, with that rain and 60 degrees, I mean, that was that's a whole lot different. So, you know, we, we saw that in the playoffs last year. Flesh played, you know, a little bit more snaps for us. Um, you know, it's just something that, um, 
you know, that we're going through right now. It might not be ideal for us as a group, you know, as, as the season goes on, but it's something we have to do in the short term, then, uh, then that's fine. But um, and I think that get contributions out of a lot of the other guys. You know, we had missing Timmy out there, and Timmy's a good multi-dimensional player, good pass rusher, good run stopper, you know, one of the reasons we like him. A lot of the other guys were sort of, um, you know, mixing and matching a little bit more, trying to use their strengths, trying to use some guys a little bit more in run situations or pocket pushing pass rush situations. Doesn't necessarily have to be a run to get some of those guys out there. And then working probably expanded our um, our use of, of defensive ends at defensive tackle with uh, with more snaps for Brandon and Michael Bennett in there. What's the advantage in your mind to having corners who stay on one side as opposed to shadowing a guy? Well, I think there's there's a consistency with technique. Um, there's a lot of ways, like that. Um, if you're trying to match guys up, there's a lot of ways offenses can combat that with motions, with lining guys up inside that make you declare anyway. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of layers to trying to match certain players on certain players all the time um, because you don't know. Like in, in, if you just knew one guy was always lining up here, one guy's always lining up there, a lot easier to do. But with uh, the multitude of formations we're getting with them moving guys, just to give you an example, I mean, they moved T.Y. Hilton all over the place in that game. So he was going to get matched up unless you have three different guys that, that can play nickel and three different guys that can play left corner, three different guys that can play right corner, and you can build all your zones around those. It's just difficult to do. It's something that generally we, uh, we feel more comfortable staying both sides. There have been games where we've, we've matched. Um, you know, there, there was there was a situation in this game when Jalen Mills went out that we were getting ready, we were getting ready to have Darby travel. But just because he's traveling doesn't mean that he's going to get that matchup. Like I said, they can just switch guys of release, and all of a sudden now you're back where you started. So sometimes that can just set you off your game. Um, you know, when we played well, we played within us, we played with good technique, we've um, you know sort of been us better than the other team has been them and uh, sometimes I think you can get you can get away from your game by doing that but again it's something we've done in the past in, so. in Derek Barnett's case where have the most tries in his I mean we, we've seen that since training camp um, you know he was injured for a lot of the offseason program coming back but really a good run player getting a lot of tackles for losses and playing more physically he's a more physical pass rusher he still has his speed um, you know, I, you can't judge a guy just totally on his sacks. I think that goes across the board. I mean, the Colts averaged like 3.3 yards a pass attempt. You're not going to get a whole lot of sacks if, if, they're, if they're throwing the ball that short and that quick, you know. But, you know, when they did have to hold it a couple times, we were able to get good pressure, not just from Derek, but from other guys. But um, he's been a consistent player for us. He hasn't been a one-dimensional guy. He's been good against the run and good against the pass. He made a great play on a jet sweep in this last game. It's a tough play for a defensive end to make, but um, he slowed the guy down enough. We were able to get a tackle for minus one or for zero, and um, you know that was that was a that was a big play for him. So it's not just pass rush that he's judged on. Okay, okay. thanks, guys.